Yo, what's up, guys? Nick Casson over here. We are here live, episode number three of Normal People. Thank you for joining us. Um, we're in it. I got my boy Kwabi Amoa Forsen live. The Peace Bus. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, happening. yeah, yeah. It's it's a big deal, guys, and um, <laughs> I, I'm super excited to to have you here, man. Thank like, you for having me, Nick. I appreciate it. I think. The stars aligned, I yeah, think, yeah. Um, because I know, and we'll get into this, you're, you're leaving soon, and yeah. I, was, I was like, I hit up Zach, I was like, dude, I, I need to interview yeah, this yeah, guy. Yeah. Um, Zach's, by the way, Zach, the dude behind the camera, always making it work. I hit up Zach, I was like, we got to get him in. and um, <laughs> Well, I'm here. I'm so, here. yeah, he's here. It's 8 a.m. Yes, on it a is. Monday. Yes, it is. So, um, but we had to do it. So, man. Yeah. Stoked to have you. Thank really you for having excited. me. Yeah, man. I had to make time for this. This is what's up, man. I Word. saw you guys uh, a couple of your previous episodes, and I was just like, dude, they're really doing it. Looks fantastic. The content and what you guys are bringing is great. Want to be a participant a part and be a part of this. So. Word, word. Yeah. Well, well, let's get into it, man. So, you know, I know. So, one, it's so cool because it's like full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, Kwabi would be coming through the shop. Mm-hmm. UXC, yeah. um, I would say a few years, right? Yeah, like, no, for a minute. I mean, that's yeah. that's the spot. If you're if you're looking for vintage clothing, that's the spot downtown. Yeah. I just that's I, all Brooke. That's all my wife. But uh, um, I just you know rem- I recognize you. Gotcha. Um, and you know you'd come through and um, and then you know years go by and then all of a sudden this blue van comes around. You're like <laughs> okay, and you know we made the connection and okay. you know I think that's super cool with Tacoma. It's, it's a small small little it city is. and um, and so yeah, tell us your background with Tacoma and, and how you yeah, ended up here. For sure, for sure. So I grew up in University Place, Washington. I went to Curtis High School, did that whole thing and. Um, uh, from there, I went to Western Washington University. Mm. I actually flunked out of Western. Mm. I was there, and I was—I got involved in music, the music scene there. And so mm. I started playing reggae music. Oh, that really? was like my life. I was like, I'm going to become a reggae artist, and that was it. Yep. But then my mom was like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so she came up to Bellingham and was like, hey, Quab, you're going to come home. You're going to get your act together, and you're going to quit this music stuff. Right. And at the time, I was pissed because I was like, no, nah, this is it. But I came back home, I went to TCC for a couple of months, got my GPA back up, applied to Evergreen, um, Evergreen State College, went to the Tacoma campus and finished my undergrad there. Mm. And in doing that, I, because at first when I was going to college, which I feel like most people do, well, a lot of people, a lot of kids go there not knowing what they're doing there. Yeah. They're just like, oh, I'm, I'm in college where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I was doing that, going through the motions, and I was like, I'm just here. I don't know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And so at Evergreen, I was challenged by my advisor. His name is Peter Bacho. Peter Bacho, if you're watching this, you're the man. Peter. And he was like, dude, you need to get by yourself, figure out what you like in life. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did that. I, I, I took a weekend, did some self-reflecting, and I was like, okay, well, I like people coming together. That's my thing. I like seeing that people from different walks of life. A diverse group of people coming together for any means, like the, as long as it's positive. Mm. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I like also helping people that are in need. So I, I didn't know about social work before. I didn't know about that whole thing. Like you can actually help people and get paid for it. Like what is mm. this? Like mm-hmm. what, what kind of thing is that? So I learned about that. And then that's when school became easy for me because I was like, oh, I have something in place. Yeah, you, you know, a goal in mind now. A goal in mind. A purpose too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I found that. 
finished school, and then I started working for Comprehensive Life Resources, where I work now. Been working there for about four and a half years doing case management, so helping people who have severe mental illness and are oftentimes destitute or on the street, and having them to connect with uh, social resources in the community. Oh man, yeah, that's a big deal, and I know it's a it's a it's a tough job. I know we were talking about it a little bit before, and yeah, and how it's real. how draining it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, I know, I remember when I used to work with night um, before and after schools uh, programs, and you know, kind of low income families getting mm-hmm. in and childcare. You know, it's 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 expensive. Yeah, it is. And so having to work with families who, hey, you know, they can't make it this week, and so having yeah. it, but it's, it's just draining to have to, you know, because you just want to be like, let, let me help you, and you. So yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the hardest part for myself is when you help an individual. And because of the societal, um, the way society is and the um, economic um, disparities that they end up in the same situation that you help them out of maybe a month after. And then they come back like, hey, Kwabi, like, I know you helped me, but I'm in the same situation. Can you help me again? You help them again? And then they come back again. But I don't know. That That's a systemic issue. Right. But um, basically wh- wh- how I got into the peace bus so when I w- so I went to grad school after I, I finished with undergrad um, I was working for about two years and I was thinking to myself like oh, I really want to go to grad school for business so while I was in grad school at the University of uh, Seattle University or not Seattle University City University of Seattle oh. um, I was doing that half on, online and half in the classroom I was thinking like what what am I doing to actually make a change that that I felt like to feed my soul like I was doing right. school and I was doing work like but how am I feeding like my my actual soul and so I've always been involved and interested in the peace movement mm. and I've always been a big advocate behind MLK Gandhi these guys that are awesome nonviolence. Mm-hmm. and so I was like how can I portray that in our modern day like these guys they did so much amazing work in the past mm-hmm. which still is prevalent today and it, and it, and it helps us to um, have a, an outline if we're trying to pursue nonviolence. but right. what does that look like for the people today and so i started researching peace activists today and i came across this guy named brian ha brian haw if you guys are watching brian this ha. please look up the guy he's an amazing individual pretty much what brian did he was from london um and he started promoting peace outside of Parliament Square, so where they make all their litigation and laws and whatnot, mm-hmm. he, he camped outside of there, which is nuts. He had like a tent and all these different posters that promoted um, togetherness and awareness of what was what the U.S. government and the uh, U.K. government were doing with military sanctions in Afghanistan and Iraq at the time. This was like wow. right after um, the, um, uh, 9-11. <clears throat> and so he was showing how these, these, um, these atrocities were affecting the people like the women and children there in those countries, it was uh, participating in infanticide and uh, preventing these people from getting clean food and water. Mm. And so he was showing these very graphic pictures of, the, of these kids in, in, in complete chaos. And so um, he raised a lot of awareness. And for 11 years, he camped outside of Parliament Square and then he died out there. Wow. So I was like, okay, this guy's devoting 11 years. The least I can do is go to Wrights Park once a week. Right, right. So I had like a table and I had these two posters. One said, I love peace and, um, was it, uh, peace, love, and justice for all. Mm-hmm. And, the, and one said, um, uh, war is not the answer, say no to violence. 
and I went out to Wrights Park every Saturday for about a couple months, mm -hmm. just talking to people about what peace meant, mm -hmm. trying to create some understanding of the dialogue of peace, just seeing how Brian did it and trying to mimic that in my own fashion. And so I was doing that for a while, and then I got attacked by a random stranger. What? Yeah, I was out there chilling, and I was just doing my thing, and this guy just runs up to me. He's like, why are you following me? And I was like, I'm not following you. I'm just chilling. And he's like, no, you're following me. And he kicks my table over. He takes one of my posters, starts ripping it apart. And I'm just watching him do it. Like, I'm not going right. to be, like, in his face. I'm just watching him kick my stuff oh, and yeah. break my stuff. You can't, you can't be the peace guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like, get out of here. No. Yeah, so I'm just watching him. And then this woman, this, there was a homeless woman listening to me talk, um, and she gets up, and she gets in his face, and she's like, you're bothering him. He's talking about peace. You know, back up. So I, I get in front of her, and he yeah. gets in front of me, and he has his fish clench. But I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm just like, right. hey, dude, you should leave. And I think something in his mind registered that I wasn't abrasive in any fashion. Mm. And I think he thought in his mind that if I were to hit this dude, be really messed up because he's not coming at me any sideways or mm. any, anything like that violently. So he runs off into the Wrights Park. Mm. So next week, I go to Wrights Park, and I'm paranoid. I'm yeah. like, dude, where, is this dude going to pop out of the bushes and take me out now? Yeah. Which The whole scenario was good. It was a bad thing that happened but it was good because it compelled me to go to different parts of Tacoma and do the same thing mm. so I stopped going to Wrights Park but I would I would post up different parts of Tacoma and then I started getting to this idea of traveling and bringing my posters with me and so oh. yeah so that's how the traveling got involved and then I went to San Francisco brought my posters I went to um, places near like Seattle and Vancouver BC and then I had a friend in the station in the Netherlands uh, my best friend of uh, all time and uh, he invited me to come and bring my posters. So I went to Europe. I went to Ireland. I went to London. I went to um, Brussels, Germany, and Amsterdam. And I just walked around the major cities, yeah. had my posters, and talked to people, everyday people on the street, about what peace means and to educate myself. I'm still mm -hmm. educating myself. It's still a right. process. So when I got back, my buddy Kevin was like, we should do a podcast or some sort of uh, visual uh, things so we can get people to understand what you've learned mm. through talking to so many people about peace right and so okay so then there was that there was the real peace podcast that was start for, started from that and i'm always researching nick i'm always researching about um things of my field i guess i would call it mm -hmm. peace relations and things like that interpersonal peace and so i came across this guy named ab nathan you guys at home hey, you should nathan. research ab nathan he was an israeli pilot and he flew he, he made a plane called the peace one and he flew it from Tel Aviv to Cairo to promote better relations between Arabs and Jews, right? Amazing dude. He did so much more than that. But that idea, I was like, okay, well, if he could fly from Tel Aviv to Cairo, maybe I could be the first person to circumnavigate the globe mm. for world peace. Right. So I started taking flight lessons. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. Dude. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm doing it. So I took about seven flight lessons and realized um, it's really expensive to take flight lessons. Yep. So that kind of took all the money out of my pocket. Yeah. And I was like, dude, okay, I'm going to have to figure out a different way that's more feasible that I can promote peace that's not so grandiose at the time. Granted, Nick, it's going to happen. I, yeah. I know I, after the peace bus, the peace plane's happening. Yeah, the yeah. peace plane. <laughs> I got to set it in motion. I got to set it in motion. So I started thinking like, okay, I want to get a bus or vehicle that I, you know, I have my driver's license. Don't have my pilot's license yet, but I have my driver's license. I can use this as a vehicle to promote peace. So I started looking at Volkswagen vans, right? You yeah. know, the old 60s, 70s vibe. And I was right. like, I'm going to bring that into, you know, into space. Yeah. And so I started looking for them, 
Realize that vehicles before, I think it's 1982, they don't have VIN numbers. So I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I don't know someone personally who has a Volkswagen bus. Right, right, right. So I wasn't going to get myself involved in something like that, and then I buy it. A week later, it breaks down. I'm on the highway, and the wheels fall mm -hmm. off. Mm -hmm. So I started looking at vans that look similar to it, came across the Mitsubishi 1988. There was a guy um, in Vashon Island who was selling it, mm. met up with this dude, Jake. Awesome dude. Thank you, Jake. I, we, we talk every now and then. He's like, I see what you're doing with the Peace Bus. Yeah. He's an awesome dude. So he sold it to me uh, for about 3200 bucks, and um, took it to Mako, mm -hmm. and they put the blue on there, and I took it to this place called Rap Jacks. It's in um, Puyallup, mm -hmm. and they did a great job of um, putting the decal on the side, and I started driving it around, and then I thought about A.B. Nathan, and he did a lot of humanitarian aid work, and I was like, well, I can't get the, the Peace Bus to Africa or Southeast Asia quite yet. Right. So I had the idea of local humanitarian aid, yeah. which is like, we don't have to go someplace far off to give to people in need. There's mm -hmm. people in need right here in Tacoma, right. in Seattle. So I started doing a sock drive mm. and I would have people donate funds and socks to me personally. And we got about $500 worth of socks from Costco. We actually filmed that. And that's another thing that we do with the Peace Bus. We never film the actual giving we want to respect the people that we're serving when we're going out and conducting the humanitarian aid. Mm -hmm. So when we when we do our filming, we show us getting the aid, right? Going out, getting the socks or blankets, whatever we need. And then we show that we've given it out, but we never show the actual giving. We think that's yeah. kind of messed up. Right. Um, and so we went to Costco, bought all the socks, and then distributed them th um, throughout Tacoma. We went to um, Tent, Tent City down there by Portland mm -hmm. Avenue. We went to um, a lot of the con congregate care facilities, like nursing homes, but for people who are mentally ill. And um, we went to some of the shelters here, too, and gave away all the socks. Probably most the, one of the most rewarding things I've ever done with my life. Mm. Um, and then the idea of going to the border happened, and we were right. just thinking, like, well, where could, else could we take this? Yeah. So we're like, well, we saw all the, the polarization. The polarization of this issue of immigration is the most immense and div divisive thing that has happened recently mm. in recent times immigration hasn't been it's not a it's not a recent issue right. but now people are turning their eyes towards it and right, I, right, we right. feel that it's it's time now to address it yeah and it, but before we get into that because that's, okay. that's great stuff that we need to talk about i think one that one thing that you said about focusing locally and 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 and, and and being able to help people, yeah, you know, because we tend to say, okay, well, if I need to help someone, I need to go here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think one thing that it, it 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 does, and I can say what you have already done is one, you know, if you're focusing on helping people and actually helping the individuals in need here in Tacoma, okay. what you're also doing is planting a seed for other peoples who are other people who are capable to help, um, but don't think they can do it in Tacoma. Don't. You know, yeah. like, and so like I think when you when you focus locally, you plant the seed for others to jump in. For sure, um, for sure, for sure. Um, basically, what we're doing is we're showing ex the peace bus as, a, as an example. We're all essentially peace buses, right? right? What if every family or every person in Tacoma budgeted for this local humanitarian aid? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you budget for your food or whatnot. What if you were to buy a few lunchables? Right, right. Of uh, 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 a few uh, socks or whatnot, and so when you have it, you have a little care package that you have in your car. Mm -hmm. You're driving around. You see someone in need. You give a lunchable out. Right. If everyone in Tacoma did that, there'd be no one hungry in Tacoma. Right, right. 
it, yeah, man. That, and that's what I'm saying is that it it makes you. I mean, it makes you think more. It makes you get a little bit more creative, and also it asks yourself the question: like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and so yeah, so that's big. And I and I think you know as we can you know as we're segueing into the immigration conversation, mm-hmm. um, that's why it, it's with everything that thing that's going down right now. And I think I reached out to you before. Yeah. All the shit that just happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, you know, whether whatever stars were aligned yeah. for to to for us to connect and then for what happened in El Paso to happen, it made me feel that this conversation not only needed to happen, but clearly like whether it was was supposed to happen yeah. or I, I I don't know I, mm. I I just was super excited to not only hear about you know what you're doing um, but obviously hear you know you know why what whatever and so mm-hmm. so I, I, let's let's talk about specifically okay um, uh, what is it August um, Friday you leave Friday. Friday yes for sure for what. Yeah, so, okay, so, Friday, August 9th, me and three of my, my buddies that are involved with the Peace, we call, we call ourselves the Peace Crew, mm. and so, us and the Peace Bus, we're going to be driving from Tacoma to the border of Mexico and various places around that area to do a couple different things, so, we're conducting in humanitarian aid, we've gathered tons of socks, tons of blankets, and we're still in need of more donations, donations as we go. And we're going to be distributing these goods to people in need all across the, the, the West Coast. Mm. Um, so we're going to the, some of the most impoverished areas of California. And we're going to, we're going to um, some of the hard, hardest places um, economically in Las Vegas. And, um, and uh, we're going to actual Pete Springs. I don't know if you've heard of Pete Springs. It's in Arizona. It's where the Wallape people live. Mm. We're actually going to be interviewing some of their elders, which is awesome. But um, we're going to be conducting an interview, street interviews. Asking people the question, what does peace mean to them, to create a dialogue for the subject of peace. Now, if you talk to any individual, you ask them what they want in their life, right? Eventually, the idea of peace is going to show up. What does that mean? What, why is that something that's so prevalent in our minds of what, what we want out of life? Right. So we take that, we extract it, we say, okay, if it's something we all want, why don't we have a conversation about it, right? Mm-hmm. It, make, it makes sense to me that we would talk about things that we want if it's so innate, and so what we want to do is have street interviews with everyday people talking about what peace means. So we have the street interviews that we plan on doing, but we also have actual scheduled interviews. We have an interview with this guy named Michael Nagler, who was the um, professor of nonviolence at Berkeley for about 15 or more years. Mm. So we're going to interview him. And we're also interviewing, um, yeah, uh, the Walape tribe. And um, potentially the goal is, this is the goal, is to interview those who work at the border and those who are affected by immigration policy, though we're all affected by immigration mm-hmm. policy, that's a farce to think that we're not. But um, to get people who maybe who are more directly um, mm-hmm. affected by it, to get them in the same space and to uh, humanize the issue. So what that means is um, when we get these two people or several people together to talk about things that we have in common to humanize it. So we're talking about love, family, respect, things that we all uh, share and have right. in our hearts and, and hold true to be a part of our 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 framework 
of our of our lives. So if we can have conversations with people from two polarizing um, parts of an of a discussion, mm-hmm. I think that we can work towards mending these issues that we've been having versus just looking at the issues as what they are, looking at the humanism, the us as people mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's dope. That's it's important, and I and I think you know with everything like i said with everything that just went down and we can jump into it yeah. you know with what happened in el paso 20, 29 people uh killed and 53 injured in in the matter of 24 hours yeah right. and that was that was among two different yeah events. ohio ohio and el paso right um, nuts and so whenever i saw that go down I, I was just like glued to the tv and just like what just what's happening um and and for me personally, my internal sort of thought process as I'm watching this mm-hmm. was, you know, you know, I'm I'm Mexican American mm-hmm. and um, definitely, you know, grew up in that culture. Um, and I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, there, there, there's kids and families in cages that look like me, and now mm-hmm. there's, uh, and I and I read the manifesto like as this was all going gotcha. down, okay. and I was like, and in the manifesto that the the shooter put out, it said, you know, we're I'm basically targeting Hispanics Jeez. and immigrants, and so I'm sitting here thinking, damn, like this. If I was in that Walmart, that I would have been a target. Yeah. Not saying that like you know if you were some other race, this shooter wouldn't wouldn't have targeted you, but he specifically put it out there gotcha. that that is the target. Gotcha. Um, and so for me, I think it was the first time as all, you know, obviously I think we have about 250 mass shootings this year already. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first time that I felt kind of affected. Yeah. Like I woke up the next morning still thinking about it. Yeah. And so it's one. And so I'm at fault, I think, for those other 249 gotcha. mass shootings that mm-hmm. I didn't wake up and go, you know, like, we need to make a difference today. Gotcha. So I, I, I'm definitely at fault for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whenever I thought, well, that's that's the pro- that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Is that if it doesn't directly affect you, mm-hmm. then people are people are silent and people yeah. are you know they're just going about their day. And yeah. so it gets real when it hits home. When yeah. it hits home, and yeah. so that's where I'm like, whoa, and. And so with that happening, how does that kind of play a role or, or feed the, the fire for you in, in this trip coming up? Yeah, I think we as people, Americans in the world over, we need to be really addressing the detriments of violence, right? How it affects our daily lives. You never see, we often see soldiers, they, they come back from war and because of the atrocities, the violence, the severe violence they've seen, it's effect, it affects them, PTSD, other mental illnesses, anxiety that comes from seeing traumatic, violent experiences. We don't get those sort of reactions when we see positivity. Mm. Why is that? Why aren't we looking at how movies, how, how media that's violent affects us as well? We are seeing an upwards trend of these mass shootings. Mm-hmm. I think what we, we, we have this polarization, another polarization in the community politically with um, people, those who want their gun rights upheld and those who say, take away all the guns. And I think that what we really need to address is the, is the mental health awareness. Why can, how come in our education system there's not a class or programming that's set aside for understanding nonviolence? 
Mm. for um, raising for youth raising awareness of self-understanding mm. um, how to um, have positive relations with their neighbor their fellow human being and it oftentimes we see these things as innate like oh you know be a good person but what does that actually mean right. be be good towards your your fellow man what does that mean and i feel like if we can have programming centered around that clarity of what it means to actually act in peaceful interpersonal mm -hmm. relations then we can dwindle these acts of violence that are happening in our communities yeah and i think i think with that a lot of the education on that is supposed to come from home right yeah People exactly like you know yeah well home will teach that yeah. however in in a high percentage of families well sometimes there isn't a home or or For sure or or the situation at home is yeah is no, no good and so um and so so yeah so then going on this trip seeing this this uh massacre happen mm -hmm. do you are did you adjust anything your mindset like what, what, what? well the, the the trip is an educational piece so we're this is us so if you i mean in, in school and grad school oftentimes if you're doing something medically you'll have a practicum or you're, you'll go and you'll you'll um have a practice period in the field and that's what we're doing right now with um, the sense of peace. We're doing this as field work to get a better understanding. And because of what has happened, we are hoping to hear more people talk about um, the mass shootings and talk about violence as, as when, we, when we bring up the topic of peace, we hope to hear that and to showcase that to people that, hey, people are listening, people are aware of what's going on and we wanna to work towards changing that, but we need to uh, listen to people, everyday people. Right. Oftentimes we have people who have lots of money Lots right. of, um, of celebrity status. We listen to them, mm. but people, regular people, have just as strong as a voice, and we need to listen to them just as much. Right, right. And so, what was it about? You know, when you decided, hey, we need to do take this trip. What what made what made the Mexican border um, like that's that's, that's the destination? Yeah, uh, just just the divisiveness of the issue. Mm -hmm. um, it's in the media all the time. Um, I've had discussions with friends and family they think this way another part of the family thinks this way and it's pulling people apart mm. um the way it's being portrayed in the media is completely polarizing whether that's to raise uh, funds or to to have people be more attentive towards it um if it's if it's money that they're after the media mm. is maybe that that is i don't know necessarily the complete agenda of the media but i can guess that it has to do with ratings mm. um but what we want to do is showcase humanity with us everyday people going out and interviewing people and having podcasts with locals with mm -hmm. people who aren't necessarily in the limelight and, and that's the thing we do want to interview those people too but it needs to be equal we need to show equal representation of those who um are the people that we look up to and that are have a have a have a stage but we want to give a stage to people who aren't necessarily heard listening listening nick is is I feel is the most important tool that we can use to showcase uh, people's thoughts and ideas because never in the history of mankind has ever mm -hmm. has anyone ever gotten upset at someone listening to them and I think mm -hmm. that's powerful. Yeah, um, and that's that's so good. And I think one thing that I've I've been like processing and I uh, been thinking about is in today's world. Um, you know, one if you look at the economic boom, you know, yes, yeah. it's. it's it's crazy, but it's it is booming, and it's the our economy is doing well. Um, but then, if you also look at 
um, our values mm. and in our values at the core as far as not like your values today but what are our original values as as you know parents are talking to their kids and um, you know what are those and so if you look at both our values um, and then let's just say call the econo uh, economic just call that profit mm -hmm. um, which comes first and i and i'm worried that our values yeah is is second to um basically the money in our yeah. pocket yeah. and um and it's and it's you know at the end of the day you're like well i gotta feed my family i gotta you know i, I gotta pay gotta the hustle. mortgage i get it but i i'm just i'm just worried that um that that our values are getting put to the side um, so that, you know, yeah, I mean, you gotcha. can just put more money in your pocket and which is that um, creates all these other byproducts. For sure. If you, I think if you put one, if you put one in front of the other, mm -hmm. you get, you get two different <laughs> gotcha. um, uh, scenarios, situated byproducts, you yeah. know? Yeah, for and sure, so, for sure. It, it, it's a, I would say this. Yes, we have the right to believe and to think however we want to think. Um, with our with our values, I, I would say this. If your values um, prevent someone else from having life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that's a problem. That's a problem. What, we, what I'm a big proponent behind is, in essence, is having every single person on this earth have the ability to ha live a fruitful life. And that is having uh, food, clothes, and shelter but also a sense of purpose that, that is very important as well right. um, for each individual. Cause without a sense of purpose, you're not going to want to eat. You're not going to want to drink. You, you're just surviving. You know, you're right. not necessarily living a life that's fulfilled. Um, but without food, clothes and shelter, you're just surviving. Right. You're just merely existing. Mm -hmm. And we want to be able to put people in a place that they can go about living a fruitful life. And I think that's what Martin Luther King was doing with the poor people's campaign before he was, um, mm. he was killed. And he was getting into that, that idea of giving people the essential needs. Yeah. 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 And I think I really, and I try to do this with my friends and, you know, whether Republican or Democrat, whatever, I, maybe it's because, um, I had, um, I just, maybe I just have more patience. I don't know, but I, I can sit down at the table and, and have a civil conversation, yeah. um, with different ideas yeah. and, um, I'm worried that I'll, I'm, I'm I'm seeing that that's almost a rarity in the sense of For like sure. basically if you have a different idea from me then um, then you should go back from where you came. Yeah. Sorry. If you don't like if you don't <laughs> yeah. like this country, yeah. you should leave. Yeah. And so what I love about America mm -hmm. is that that's the whole point is that like we can come to the table with different ideas. For sure. And you know there could be. They could be horrible ideas. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I just don't. I, I hate this new concept of like, well, if you don't like it, then you got to leave. Yes, be, being penalized for your own thoughts and ideas, and that's a form of silencing people. Right, and I, I think as early on, you know, as kids, um, you know, you could have a, a group of, of kids at a table, and um, you know, if one, one say one kid has one crazy idea, you don't ask them to leave. Yeah. You can talk them through it. Why yeah. do you feel this? That's way? a dumb Why? idea, Billy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's just. Yeah. It, I feel like some of our issues 
can be very elementary and very fundamental in the sense of the resolve. It's you, you don't push them away. You you know you you get them closer. You unite. You you create dialogue. Yeah. Whereas if you just go okay, well you don't agree with me. Next, gotcha. Um, me versus you now, and and anyone else who doesn't agree with me, you go to that box. For sure. There's 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 two things that we do as human beings when we um, come across individuals that are unlike ourselves or think differently we either do do two things one thing is we say oh my god like that's different but i'm interested because it's different so different let me learn more let me let me spark my intrigue by engaging with them more but then the second thing is it's so different for me i'm they're different they're they're and so now it's a, a, a sense of we and them like you said a division and then you're seeing that person as far off and therefore less human mm-hmm. and we're dehumanizing and then it's easier to browbeat and hurt people that you don't see on the same level as you and that's why we got the issues going on in the border right now right and i think it's it's such an at least for me it's such a new um thing or concept to to grasp as far as like okay well if you don't think like me then yeah you're less of a person mm-hmm. you go, and and now you're against me mm-hmm. I, I i you know my maybe my parents right oh, they did my parents <laughs> raised me great yeah um, and i always had this this thought of you know we're not going to agree with everybody and yeah. that's fine um but i it's it's, it's just getting to a point where it, it's it's getting scary mm-hmm. um but I, i'm i'm also seeing when uh, these horrible things are happening, mm-hmm. um, instead of trying to uh, solve the problem or 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 come together as one and say, you know, okay, let's co- let's literally come together. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a, a small form of defense of saying, well. You know, if if they didn't do this, maybe mm-hmm. this wouldn't happen. You know, I've had some conversations, especially you know, and we'll just put it out there with our current president and s- certain comments that he makes. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell, right, like when when I'm having a conversation with someone that it clicks to them. They're like, "Yeah, that was pretty shitty. He probably shouldn't have said that." <laughs> but what comes out of their mouth is, I mean, well, technically that wasn't, I, you know, technically yeah. with those yeah. words. That, yeah. And I'm like, man, if you have to become Sherlock Holmes <laughs> yeah, and right. try to defend this, <laughs> yeah. like, just... just it, it is there, it's yeah. It's there. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what I'm so worried. People are so, so driven to stay on their side. Yeah. I'm like, man, dude, like, whether... We gotta teach this as if we were teaching our kids, and we had for sure. And and, and, for sure. and, and yeah, man. So, I mean, I think we need we need to put we need to put people first before the issues. And I think that looking at it through a, a human lens first, then we can be clearer in our judgment. And then I feel as if that the issues at hand won't be so polarizing. I right, feel. dope, man. So. So with all that said, Friday, you head down on the Mexican border. Yeah. Yes. You're going to be providing aid, um, doing your podcast, having mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all of that costs money as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so tell us um, tell us how 
we can help, whether that's for this specific trip okay. or what, what's next. How can, um, whether that, whether people in Tacoma or anyone listening to this, this podcast, how can, how can we support the Peace Bus? For sure. Um, well, we have a website. It's www.thepeacebus.org. Um, at that website has all the information about what we're doing and at the bottom of the website it has a donation button when we uh, we're going to be gone from august 9th to the 22nd 23rd when we get back we're hoping to do programming so we want to uh, share what we've learned in the span of time that we've been on our journey uh, with colleges local colleges plu ups uh, to, uh, tacoma community college places like that um, seattle u uw and share our story about and, and educate others on how we can go about living a peaceful and nonviolent life and so if as far as support's concerned um, on our journey if people are listening to this we still need those donations to be able to make this possible and when we get back we hoping to have people we, we hope to have people open up their 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 doors to us to let them let us come in and share what we've learned mm. So, so that's uh, www.thepeacebus.org. Yeah. Go to it, donate, um, whether that's for this trip or if it's, if, if it's afterwards, mm -hmm. there's no wrong time to, to give that support. Um, and, you know, so with, with all that said, and uh, this can be a tough conversation, um, you, talking about just the, 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 horrible things the massacre um yeah. as well as you know you think of we're talking about the massacre but yeah. literally there's like there's been 200 yeah. about 240 ish this year so yeah. the massacres um mm -hmm. where do you see hope where do you see like who so here's two questions okay um what are you pulling who are you pulling for like who motivates you who gives you that um extra you know, whatever to, to do what you do. Yeah. And then in, as you're out there, where, where are you seeing the hope? Where are you seeing like, okay, it's, it's catching. Even if it's just a little, where are you seeing that hope? Um, I'd say people who inspire me, A.B. Nathan, of course, the, some of the individuals that I said before, Brian Ha, A.B. Nathan, Martin Luther King, um, and obviously people in my family, my, my mom and my brother, my brother's a high school teacher. I, I teach his ninth grade at Washington High School. So we have talks. We talk about what I'm doing, and I bounce off ideas with him. He's always cons constantly uh, inspiring me as well as my mom and my dad. Um, so that's where I find the inspiration to keep on going. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as the issue at hand, where do I find hope? Um, the person who we're interviewing in um, near, near uh San Francisco, Michael Nagler, he has a uh, institution called the Meta Center. And what they do is it's a complete center centered around nonviolence and teaching that through programming. I think that instilling things like that in our community and in our schools, showing how there's an alternative to violence um, can do immense, can do immense work in our community because it starts from the ground up. Mm -hmm. Right. If we can focus on kids and youth understanding the repercussions, the negative repercussions of violence and showing the, the, the immense positivity that comes from practicing nonviolence, we can work towards creating a more peaceful world. Don't man. Well, I like it. Well, I, I think, you know, I wish you the best. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, Thank you. I think um, I, I read in the News Tribune article you said or someone asked you, you know, do you think this will actually hurt? And you said, well, 
it can't hurt. Yeah, it I can't mean, hurt. no, yeah, it, it can't hurt, right? Yeah, it can't, can't uh, hurt, can't and hurt. And so, um, and I think that's a mindset that as you're doing, you know, this big deal um, for people like myself or the average Joe who's out there looking at this, thinking, well, can I do anything? Yeah. Should I? Should I do anything? Yeah, well, it can't hurt, right? So, um, thank you so much for being a part of this. Well, definitely, this was. Yeah, so yeah, excited yeah, for yeah, what, yeah. what you're doing and, 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 and what you're going to be doing in the future. And best of luck. And again, www.thepeacebus.org. Go yeah. donate. Um, we are starting to have uh, this podcast plus the video. Um, it's going to be all put on the 1884tacoma.com website. So, you know, for anytime you want to uh, watch the video or even listen to it, you can go to that one spot um, and lock and lock and load and, and listen to it, watch it, whatever works for you. So, guys, thanks for joining us. Um, episode number three. Um, that's a wrap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We out. Wow.